Frank, read my lips. We are taking you back now. Don't make us use 50,000 volts on you, Frank. Excuse me. You want to shit the box? You just stay put. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. For the foreseeable future, we're going to be ranking action movies. After that, who knows? But we're hoping our listeners will get involved and help us decide. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree... Join the discussion at Twitter at, at the Rank Podcast, on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com, or email us at therankwithjohnandzach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at the Rank Podcast. And remember, please rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Anyway, enjoy the show. I'm not going to go uh, see that way out of water just because we already talked about it. Yeah, I didn't I'm know thinking, what, but what if we get, um, you know, somebody that goes on our Patreon or uh, Twitter page and like, I really want you guys to rank Avatar Way of Water. We will cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> You'll cross that bridge with your eyes closed with during eyes the scenes. During, yeah. the, during the relevant whaley stuff. <laughs> yeah. and I know they aren't really whales, but they're whales. Yeah, well, um, I think it's in, in case our listener hasn't picked up on it yet, uh, Zach has a, a little bit of a fear of whales, <laughs> which, which you know, it sounds silly when you first hear it. But if you think about the scale of the size of a whale compared to a human, I can understand why there might be a fear of something so large. I am told that they are larger than humans. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you knew this fun fact, but... They are some of the largest animals to ever live on Earth, so that's scary. <laughs> and I know that they're like gentle giants or whatever, but I mean, you know. But accidents could happen, right? Yeah, I mean, how many times have you been swimming along and your big crazy tail just smacks a very small thing out of the water? You wouldn't even know. And that's the thing. Like they're like, well, they don't even know you're there. They're you're there, and it's like, well, exactly. They don't know. I'm right. there. <laughs> they swallow me through their baleen and don't give a shit. They're like, wait, what is this? <laughs> just blow you out their blowhole and be done with yeah, it. That's how it works. That's if cartoons taught me anything, that's exactly how that works. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't already know, um, or for those of you who just like to listen to this part, also, if you don't like to listen to it, just skip 30 seconds and you won't hear this. But what we're going to do is we're going to do a summary of the movie, just a brief summary of the movie that we're ranking. Then we're going to go into the potent notables. The potent notables are basically like interesting things that we found out about the production of the movie or just things that surround it. And then we'll go into an overview of the movie, which is just a more detailed summary, essentially. But we're, we'll be giving our opinions what we thought was good, bad, otherwise ugly. And then we dive right into the rank where we rank the movie, which is, I mean, that's what you're here for, right? I guess you could just skip to the end of the episode, but then you miss all the fun banter between Zach and I. Uh, but anyway, yeah, ten categories, one to five, one being worst, five being best, and then we'll find out what the best action movie ever is. So, you know, 
Yeah, I don't want to give anything away. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious how this is going to go. It's 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 really going to be interesting, I think, because we kind of we've kind of been going a little back and forth. We both liked Aliens a lot, but I think I liked it a little bit more than you. Right. Uh, you like Cliffhanger rather a bit more than me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hate it. And then I think I think we both like Central Intelligence a lot, but you liked it a little bit more than me. But so far we're we're either even or I think we're due for me liking something rather a bit more than you. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious if it if it will ever happen. Um because you know, I'm notoriously nice. <laughs> like, well, they tried hard. I mean, you know, they, they seem yeah. nuts. I like, I like, I don't know, even when I'm thinking about being rough, I, I felt like I was, I started off, our first episode, I was rougher than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Deep criticism. Well, you know, then you're Poor like, oh, Sigourney, I'm she's going to listen to my podcast and be like, <laughs> This guy John doesn't like me. You can't let that happen with Michael Rooker. That would just be Well, Michael Rooker he would and, never and Sly, they're yeah. feeling pretty good about me right now. They don't like <laughs> yeah. you. They're like this guy is smart. I, I like him. Lithgow definitely doesn't like you. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you bring him here, I'll tell him to his face when I think of him. <laughs> Sly, I'm not gonna tell him to his face. Just for yeah. No, he's gotten bigger. You know, know. (laughs) he was what probably forty in that movie, and he's seventy-five now or whatever, and he looks more dangerous now. Yeah, and have you seen him with his? He has got tattoos everywhere now too. I know. I know. Makes him look like he got out of prison just recently. Seriously, he's more menacing now than he was back then. It's like, okay, Sly, can you can you just age, please? He's like, no, I can't. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of start us off here by saying, what are your thoughts on uh, good old Jean Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels? Well, he he has muscles. He does have a lot of muscles. I think I've actually only ever seen maybe one or two other movies of his. So I you know I wasn't like a. I don't didn't hate Jean Claude Van Damme or anything, but I've I've seen him. I saw him in um, I think it was called The Quest mm-hmm. with Nat, uh, Natasha Hens. Hent, I can't remember her name. Um, I I enjoyed that one, and I also I'm pretty sure I saw him in Double Team, whatever the one he did with Dennis Rodman. Oh, you saw the one that he did with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yeah, and I remember thinking, boy, this isn't very good. <laughs> So I'm gonna skip that movie, I think. <laughs> In all um, honesty, because uh, I mean, I was I would skip it anyway. But then when you said that you did not think it was very good, I uh, that's when I knew that that movie was never going to be on my list of things to watch ever, any time, forever. Yeah, I think so. Like I, I would say if you didn't like a movie, I'd be like, well, I'd probably still give it a shot. But I feel like if I say I don't yeah. like a movie. Yeah, it's yeah. likely that most people won't. <laughs> you know what's amazing? I'm just looking at Van Damme right now, though, because he has muscles. I know. I wanted to see if he's actually from Brussels or if that's just something they say. But he's fighting out of Brussels, Belgium. 
Yeah, he's from Belgium. Yeah. By, by which I mean, his Wikipedia page says fighting out of Brussels, Belgium. <laughs> so. Well, he, like he's, he's won some, like, kickboxing contests, right? Yeah, I think he's like a kickboxing man. I don't know. Yeah, says he's, yeah. Says he's, <laughs> no, that's what he is. Yeah, he's a kickboxing man. <laughs> his amateur record is 44 and 4. Well, and that's pretty impressive. And his kickboxing record, whatever that means, is 18 and 1. He won all 18 by knockout. He's a second Don Black Belt in Shotokan Karate. And uh, his years active are 1976 to 1982 martial arts and 1979 to present acting. So, uh, <laughs> like uh, acting. Yeah, his, his belt in acting is unknown, but I don't think it's second on black belt. I forgot. I have seen one other Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Oh. The Expendables 2. Oh, is he in that one? Yeah, I think he's in two or th- he's two or three. Whatever. One of the sequels, he's in it. I saw it. And uh, actually, I think it's three. I think he's in three. Yeah, I'm looking at his filmography here. I've seen nothing else aside from today's feature blood sport with him in it, except, no, that's it. Never seen Time Cop. Never seen. Oh, I've seen Time Cop too. Have you? Yeah. Well, I, I think I, I have. People really liked that movie. That was like a, a kind of a big hit, I remember. Now, I will ask, is that the one where he, it starts and he uh, puts his boot in the guy's face? I don't remember. There's Because I saw the beginning of a movie where like a guy is stealing someone's purse or something. And Jean-Claude Van Damme stops him by kicking and like holding his boot right in front of the guy's face. Like not hitting oh. And saying, I know exactly what you're talking about. So yeah. the fact that I know what you're talking about makes me think it probably is Time Cop. Yeah. And then there's one where he's teaching a yoga class to a bunch of uh, attractive women. And he's saying, you have to be able to do split. And he does a split. <laughs> yeah. I wish I knew what that one was, too. Hold on, I'll figure it out. He always gets a split into his movies, that's for sure. Seven times in this one, according to Amazon uh, X-Ray. Yeah, yep. I I also did that. I I I have. <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about it. Because um, yeah. I was counting. Because I read that before I watched it, and I was like, "All right, I guess I'm counting this." <laughs> it turns out that is Double Impact, which is the movie that begins with the uh, yoga class. Oh, boy! Now now I'm thinking. That that sounds familiar too. Maybe I've seen more Jean Claude Van Damme movies than I thought. Yeah, you know, not only are you like one of the few people who who can have seen so many Jean Claude Van Damme movies, but I believe that you've seen them and forgot that you saw them. Well, I mean, you know, it's you know. Do you remember Johnny? So I used there used to be a thing. I used to ask all my friends like who they who their favorite actors were, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you and I agreed with that it was Bruce Willis for a time. Yeah. Um, and Zach Simmons, his favorite actor, which I always thought was crazy, was Charlie Sheen. <laughs> you know, I think I almost remember that. But Johnny was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, well, you know. 
that's a that's a choice, all right. It's <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I remember thinking like, really? Okay. <laughs> it's I almost I almost understand um, Charlie Sheen more than Van Damme. I wonder what his uh, favorite yeah. Charlie Sheen movie was. Can, can but can we just dive like these the so you obviously I remember Johnny and Zach stand out to me and I've asked everybody and I don't remember anybody else besides you Johnny and Zach you because mm. you and I felt the same yeah and Johnny and Zach because their answers were fucking ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> today we're ranking Bloodsport the 1986 movie written by Sheldon Ledich. Christopher Cosby, Mel Friedman, based upon the life stories of Frank Dukes. It was directed by Newt Arnold, which was only the second time he has ever directed a movie, also the last, uh, with Hands of a Stranger from 1962 being the first. So that's um, a big gap between movies that he directed. Yeah. It's, um, you know, what is that, 26 years or 24 years? Yeah, 24 years. Now he, he was he, he swore he would never make another movie. The only <laughs> thing that could lure him out of retirement was Bloodsport. Bloodsport. He got the he got the scripts of Bloodsport and said this is this is it. I this gotta, is the one. This is I the one. My career on this. I mean he was an assistant director on a lot of things, but he just oh, ne- never was like the main director. And starred Jean-Claude Van Damme. So we've ranked Aliens, Cliffhanger, and Central Intelligence so far with Aliens on top, uh, followed by Central Intelligence, and then Cliffhanger. Eventually, we will find the best action movie ever. Or, or, you know, maybe we've already found it. Or we'll die trying. I think we'll die trying. I think that... Well, if, you know, we might... If we if we go into a rank-off against Chong Lee, he might kill us. Yeah, I don't want to face that dude. He's nuts. Um Rank it as well. So, number one, Chong Lee. Number two, Chong Lee again. We've, we've, so we've done sci fi action with aliens. We've done Stallone action with Cliffhanger. (laughs) 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 He's got his own category. Whenever we end up doing Arnie, then, you know, that'll be uh, Schwarzenegger's action. Um, Comedy action. And now we're taking our first foray into martial arts action. Oh, yeah. So for those of you who don't know Bloodsport, this is where we will tell you, if you continue to listen, expect some spoilers. Uh, Bloodsport follows the real life main character, Frank Dukes, played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, Frank Dukes decides that he needs to fight for the honor of his... uh, I don't remember the name. Uh, I'm going to say sensei. That's not the name they used. Uh, Or word. Yeah, same premise, right? Um, At the Kumite, um, which is a a clandestine uh, martial arts tournament where they have all the best fighters in the world in martial arts uh, fight to say which martial art is the primary one the best one mm. so that's that's the summary of this movie so on to our potent notables 
And, um, you know, since you know this movie better than I do, you might have some just fresh. But uh, I found some pretty interesting um, potent notables here. First, we'll start with the box office. Bloodsport made $11.8 million on a budget of $1.1 million, which was, you know, a pretty big hit at the time. Um, $11 $11 million is, you know, part of an opening day for some of these movies now. (laughs) It's like the first day. It's like the first showing. Um, But, you know, you get a $1 million budget and, uh, you know, what I would – Canon was the company that uh, produced this, and they're known for making B-movies. So they never really expected to make much at the box office. So it was, uh, it was, an, it was unexpected, especially with a lead that was untested, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, this actually launched, launched Jean-Claude Van Damme's career, right? So here's where things get interesting with Bloodsport. Because... There is some serious debate about the veracity of Frank Dukes's stories. <laughs> Did you have you heard about this? No, but my research department overheard that and went mm-hmm, because <laughs> just during the end of the movie we were watching, and when it said that he had fifty-six knockouts in one tournament in a row, consecutive, yeah. <laughs> meaning he at least won fifty-six matches, which means he may have fought more. Um, <laughs> We kind of wondered if that was really something you can do. Well, there is a fascinating Los Angeles Times piece uh, that came out in May on May first, nineteen eighty-eight, and yeah, they don't really believe him. Mm. Is uh, what it comes down to. So, I'm going to quote a few things here. Military records show that Dukes never ventured closer to Southeast Asia than San Diego. Uh, his only known war injury occurred when he fell off a truck he was painting in the motor pool. <laughs> Essentially, Frank Dukes, who ran a couple of this is I'm now I'm paraphrasing the article. Essentially, Frank Dukes, who ran a couple of martial arts dojos in California, told stories of how he was a secret CIA operative and that he got involved in a secret martial arts tournament called Kumite uh, to infiltrate the criminal organizations that ran it. He claimed to be taught ninjutsu by a Jap- Japanese expatriate, Senzo Tiger Tanaka. Okay. According to Dukes, Tanaka took him to Japan at the age of 16 so he could test to call himself a ninja, and everyone okay. was super-duper impressed. <laughs> However, nobody has been able to verify who this person was, and Dukes said he didn't know if he was dead or alive, or where any of his family may be. Even though he claimed to know that Tanaka came from a line of 40 generations of warriors. So he ended up, he, Dukes wrote a manuscript later and claimed that Tanaka was found dead on July 30th, 1975. However, no trace of Tanaka, quote, no trace of Tanaka could be found in historical texts or from independent martial arts experts. California state death records show no Tanaka dying on July 30th, 30th of any year in the 70s. Told of the findings, Duke said the man was living under an assumed name. Okay. Which so is awfully convenient or terribly yeah, that, inconvenient, depending on your perspective. None of that seems yeah, suspicious. So. Yeah. Oh, Duke, Duke said it was Tanaka's dying wish that he go to the Kumite. Okay. Then the military portion of it. Mm-hmm. 
basically, if you're interested in this, you should read the LA Times article. It's fascinating, and what what it boils down to is that the only reason that none of this can be corroborated is because it hasn't been declassified yet. That's wow. that's Frank Dukes's uh, story. And of course, if there's one thing I know about the government, is that they're totally cool with somebody talking about covert classified operations and then selling the rights to those covert classified op- operations and having a movie about it, all while still being classified. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't see any contradiction here whatsoever. So I don't yeah. know what I don't know what your problem is. Yeah. So, yeah, I I was going into this like, hmm, as I did this research before I watched the movie. Um, now, this movie was produced by Canon Films. Now, I don't know if you've seen this or heard about it, but there was a documentary that came out um, a few years ago about Canon Films. Uh, and I think I thought it was on Netflix. Um but I'm pretty sure that's where I watched it, but I can't find it there now. Um, so maybe it's just not like a Netflix original, but it was called Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Did you see it or hear about it? No, I just I hear about it every so often. <laughs> so um, Canon Films was started by Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus. Uh, they were Israeli cousins. Basically, they were a couple people that were able to put together a small fortune and shared a joint love of movies so they bought a production company that was struggling, Canon Films. Uh, they bought the rights to Death Wish and made a bunch of sequels with Charles Bronson. They were credited with igniting a ninja craze uh, in the U.S. since they produced the Ninja Trilogy, Enter the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, and Ninja 3, The Domination, as oh, well oh. as American Ninja 1 and 2. Who can forget Ninja 3, The Domination? Yeah, I, you know... I uh, didn't know it existed, actually, until I did this. Um, <laughs> I think that's the next one that we're doing is American. No, wait, no, American Ninja is a different movie. Ninja 3, Domination. Gotcha. Yeah. Actually, I think I remember American Ninja. I don't know. Is anybody in that? I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, come on, this is potent notables, not, not forgettable oh, no. notables. This is not potent forgettables. Um, it's no it's, nobody nobody particularly interesting is an American ninja. Wow, that's shocking. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, so it seems like they're kind of a natural fit for Bloodsport, if you ask me. Though, yeah, uh, they did a bunch of movies with Chuck Norris, um, and they actually did one with Stallone. It was uh-huh. their their biggest hit, Cobra. Cobra. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we Cobra. might end up watching at some point. It might be fun. One guest speaker on the documentary. And this documentary came out in 2014. Uh, said that quote, they were the forerunners of the Weinstein's. The difference mm-hmm. is that the Weinstein's cared about quality. End quote. <laughs> and I was thinking, I bet he wishes that didn't exist in this documentary anymore. Um, yeah, the quality of their sexual assault. They had yeah, some really yeah. good ones. They were, you know, really great, really great guys. Um, however, their downfall was that they reached too far, right? They bought the rights to He-Man and Superman, mm-hmm. and they own the rights to Spider-Man and Captain America. Mm-hmm. They were trying yeah. to make a Spider-Man live action, but it never never came about. Um, but they did make the movie for, for with the He-Man rights, Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren. I don't know if you Which, remember that one. I actually just watched that somewhat recently. Yeah. 
Does it hold up? Uh, we have to wait until we, we, we do that one. We rank it. Oh, okay, great. We're going to rank it. Um, <laughs> okay. And then, okay, I'll spoiler alert. No. <laughs> I remembered. I remember wanting to like it as a kid so much because I loved the He-Man cartoons when I was a kid. Yeah. And just being like, I like forced myself to like it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? No, yeah, I know exactly what you mean because uh, I felt that even as a kid, I feel like I felt the same way. Like it was fun at some parts, but overall, it was like this is not really, this isn't it. You know? Right. But they they made like really weird choices. Like you know, he's like floating through the street on this. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, why can't they well, just fight for Grayskull? I don't really understand. You know, you know, I actually when I was rewatching it, that damn weird hover scooter that he's got was yeah. one of the parts where I was like, you, come on, you really lost the plot here. Like <laughs> a lot of the rest of it was bad too, but this was just beyond. <laughs> and then the the random you know small person that like had a key that had played music. I'm like, what? Where are? What is this? Uh, where did they that, come up with this? That was Billy Barty, who is an amazing actor. And is also the main magical small guy in uh, Willow, so I won't hear anything negative about Billy Barty. Oh, I wasn't saying negative about him. I was talking about the negativity of the movie. Oh yes, yes, that that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're absolutely right about that. So and then, the Cor- they, oops, sorry. I was going to say Courtney Cox is in it, of course, as is Anthony right? Michael Hall. Yes, I well, I didn't remember Anthony Michael Hall, but I did remember that Courtney Cox was in it. I just mentioned um, Anthony Michael earlier because he was uh, he was in uh, um, yeah. Stone's favorite movie, Sixteen Candles. That's right, good old Bob Stone. Good old Bob Stone. You know, looking at um, some pictures from Masters of the Universe here, yeah, I think there is a chance that uh, this is one of those movies that had more influence on my say subconscious than I realized <laughs> until I looked at the pictures again. Really? Yeah. Hold on, let's... Uh, You're not going to elaborate? <laughs> well, what is... I can't figure out this character's name, but uh, she's got she's got an aesthetic. Let's just say an aesthetic. And oh, I see. I see where we're going with this now. Now I and understand. Then, and then there's the one where this weird guy has a weird magical red laser whip, and Dolph, oh, Dolph yeah. is uh, tied up. In he's chain. getting whipped. He's getting whipped, and he's very, very... Uh, you know, he's been working out. So, <laughs> well, you know, those two, those two things I think had more influence on me than I realized. <laughs> oh, and Billy um, Barton, of course. And I and have then, a passion for singing keys as well, but that's just different. It was a wow. We have spent way too much time on <laughs> Masters of the Universe. <laughs> so today's film, Masters of the Universe. What are the potent notables on Masters of the Universe? Oh <laughs> God. Well, there probably are some good ones. Maybe we should do that one someday. But, um, but they no, also give it too much away. <laughs> Back to Bloodsport, please. Well, so Canon also produced the terrible Superman for the Quest for Peace, which oh, eventually wow. forced them to sell Canon to Pate, whatever that's the hell that is. Some, yeah, literally Pate, P A T H E with a little accent. It's like it's a you French company. I was going to say, if you wanted to make up a, like a horrible studio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, whatever. I mean, okay. So they sold the pate. Um, 
and then Menachem left to run 20th Century Fox, and Globus left soon after. Uh, and then I think it was like five years later, Canon was I, was done. I love that he was working for Canon, and then he left to run 20th Century Fox. That yeah, I so I thought about diving further into that because I thought that was a crazy like little nugget at the end of the story. Yeah. Like they yeah, yeah. what they hired him to run, so they he ran Canon. The uh-huh. B movie central into the ground, into and they're the like, ground. you know what? Yeah. I, I think, think he deserves a second chance. <laughs> and, and like one of the biggest studios, uh, yeah, you know, around. Yeah. So um, there's a bunch of different stories about how Van Dam actually landed the lead, but Van Dam tells the story that he spotted Menachem outside a restaurant and was so desperate to get the part that he showed off by doing his patented high kick right in front of Menachem's face and that Menachem hired him right on the spot. <laughs> that sounds like an embellishment worthy of Frank Dukes. So, well, this so it's funny that you would say that because Menachem says this, he, he says that this is what happened, the same story. So I think this is real, but Frank Dukes disputes it. And he's like, no, that's not what happened. Oh, well. Never mind, it couldn't happen. Yeah, and well, Frank Duke says it means it didn't happen. Um, what I thought was really fascinating is that Bloodsport is actually the precursor to Mortal Kombat. The developers were initially asked to create a game based on the Van Damme movie Universal Soldier, but the uh, deal fell through. So the developers had to like scramble to not lose their work. So instead, they capitalized on the Van Damme persona but create, by creating the character Johnny Cage. Note the same initials, JC. Yeah. Jean Claude. Jesus Uh, Christ. A conceited Hollywood actor type whose signature move was a split and whose (laughs) spandex and sash costume is exactly the same as Van Damme's in Bloodsport. I mean, does Van Damme really, is that really his signature, though, the split? I don't know if that is. That's what I mean. I don't know, but it seemed, I've, I've always thought kicking was his signature thing. I think he kicks and and doesn't um doesn't Johnny Cage have a do a split and punch a guy in the balls move? He, I think he does, yeah. So that's it's a great <laughs> great work, um, Mortal Kombat guys. Yeah, well, I mean more. I mean, so it's kind of interesting, right? The Bloodsport, you know, eleven million dollar movie spawned an entire franchise that has probably made many times more than that. Yeah, um, that's that's a, that's a weird point. So they didn't use the stunt people for the fighting in the movie. They they actually all the people that were fighting in the movie except for um, Ray Jackson were actual fighters mm-hmm. or actual martial artists yeah. um, that worked alongside Van Dam. Um, apparently, Cannon thought that the movie was terrible. By the way, but Van Dam convinced them to let him edit it so that it could be released in theaters. So the only reason it got released in theaters is because Van Damme edited it. And I'm like, poor Newt. <laughs> he's made That's why he retired from filmmaking. He's like, this is just an insult to injury here. Yeah. I'm out of retirement to make blood sport. He's get, directed out. two feature films, and the second yeah. one got taken over, edited, you know, by a first-time feature star. So Yeah. Um, and then the only other interesting thing was um, that Van Damme actually got the part over Michael Dudikoff because Dudikoff was too tall. So basically Van Damme was short enough to play the part. What is this, like being an astronaut? You can't be too tall? What the, Appa- like, apparently. 
They were like, what, no, he's too he tall. For what? He couldn't fit into the Calden Walled City sets or what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'd like I, to find out what that means. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. So let's get into the breakdown of this movie. Please. Of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we start right off with a montage. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> As is appropriate, if you ask me. Right. We got a montage of all the different fighters across the world. And, I mean, I think it's it was really like the second... Or... I don't think it's all the fighters. I think it's like a one or two, and then Frank Dukes. <laughs> well, I mean, the, they got me laughing kind of. I'm, I'm like the second or third guy, because it was like the rich guy that was breaking boards. Yeah. But then it cuts to the valet, and he's just like smiling. Like, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is my man. Yeah, I was. I actually, the way he was standing there, I was like, "Is this his boyfriend?" Which is fine, but I right. I don't like, care, but they're definitely not portraying him like he's a boyfriend. He's supposed. Yeah. He's clearly he's like kind of look tough or what? Because he doesn't. He seems like his lover is watching him break boards. And wait, is that guy even in the movie? This rich white guy? I don't remember him even being in the community. No, I don't remember seeing him in it either. It was just. He's just He's just introduced. He probably him. was, but like, I mean, who cares? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he might have been, but I don't care about him. So. <laughs> you know, and I get that they're like showing how there's like so many different styles in this. Um, mm-hmm. But man, there's some pretty serious caricaturing happening. Yeah. Uh, I, hold on, the, you don't mean you don't mean the black guy who jumps into a tree. Oh and, God! And karate chops I was. Do, do I you, was. If that can't be it. <laughs> I was watching that part going, oh my gosh, I hope nobody sees me watching this. <laughs> for real, you feel secondhand embarrassment for yeah. people who made the movie like, oh no. It's like, I... <laughs> you literally had him jump into a tree like a monkey. And, and then had to hit a coconut? Like he couldn't even just give him a real martial dude, arts? Dude, how did they cast for that role? I just was I like, come, come on. I'm like, is this a, it must be a martial arts. I, I just, all I kept thinking is like, I hope this is a real martial arts style. Like, please be like a real, like African American, or African, not American, African martial arts style, please. Because otherwise. Well, I have my own slight potent notables. In I that thought you might. I, I have, um, there's a little article from Laser Time podcast, which maybe I shouldn't be giving shout-outs to another podcast, but they have all of the Bloodsport fighters ranked from lamest to coolest. Oh, no. It's quite funny because, uh, you know, but it turns out that Monkey Style guy is named Ricardo Mora, and it literally is Monkey Style, and... um, Well, they said that the fighters were all real fighters except Ray Jackson, so I kept thinking, in my head, I'm like, but this has to be real, right? I mean, this guy's not... If he's like yeah, a real martial artist, sorry, go yeah, ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt just your... cast a black guy and then like, can you jump around like a monkey? Yeah, right, exactly. Guy? Fine, I'll jump. How much are you paying me again? Because I don't really know. <laughs> Hold on, let's see here. Ricardo the Monkey Mora. And uh, oh he's gosh, from... that's a terrible nickname for him. <laughs> he is from Brazzaville, Congo, which is I don't know—is that still? A country? That's the, yeah, that's the that's 
well, it's the Republic of the Congo and not the Democratic Republic of the Congo, well, which are I two different countries. But the capital of the that. Republic of the Congo is Brazzaville, and the capital of the Democratic Republic of the Congo is Kinshasa. I like so, the Democratic Republic of the Congo because I am. You really don't. You really don't. I know Kinshasa is one of the largest, the fastest growing cities on earth. Yeah. Well, the Democratic Republic of the Congo is. Um, and you know what? This actually ties. This this goes. That's the Democratic Sorry. Republic of the Congo is. Uh, so this really ties well. <laughs> well, well, I'm not going to use an adjective for what that is. <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a great place, but I blame. As this is what happened in my head. I, I thought I blame Belgium. Um, we all did. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's funny, because, you know, the muscles from Brussels is a Paul Ricardo Mora had beaten him and gotten revenge for it. Well, yeah. You can't get revenge for what Milton did, but... Right, he should just, like, he should have beat him and jumped up and been like, fuck King Leopold! Yeah, for real. Take King Leopold out of the ground and beat him yeah. up. It's, uh, that's a fucked up story. Let's not get into that. That's not fun. No, yeah, let's let's keep, uh... Let's keep going here. I, I just, I also really enjoyed that, uh, you know, in the exposition. So in the montage, they decide, okay, we're gonna, exp <laughs> we're gonna explain what kum kumite is in as little amount of time as we can, <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna have Ray Jackson do it. <laughs> and the one guy, what does he say? <laughs> Can't you die him? <laughs> yeah. Only if you fuck up. <laughs> he needs more stars. What'd you say? He needs more stars on his face. That's why he's joining the <laughs> Kumite. Oh God. And well, that, I think he's one of the few actors who can actually speak a line correctly. So I think that's why they went with him. Yeah. Probably. I because oh my god. And so that should have prepared me for what came next. Oh no, this movie starts off with great acting and the acting only gets better. So because holy shit, the lieutenant and Van Dam there, <laughs> that whole interaction see, so I think that I, I think that sometimes people forget that acting isn't like super easy to do. Oh yeah, yeah. Um and like being believable in a character and saying lines believably is not is it sounds like it would be really easy, but it's not. And here's your evidence. Mm, <laughs> so bad. And then we get to the, like he the lieutenant goes to the, the general or whatever the fuck the guy is, and yeah. then is his voice dubbed? <laughs> it's literally that's literally what. What Hudson said when when that happened was this guy dubbed from English back into English. I think it's like when you translate something into another language and then you translate it from that language back into the original language and it's yeah. fucking weird. I think Somebody did Google Translate in 1988 or 86 yeah. or whatever the hell this movie came out. Google dub. <laughs> and then like I I understand not liking these uh these military actor guys, but my my vote for the best actor in the entire movie is young Frank Dukes. Played by I don't fucking oh, remember. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> that oh, weird He was so weird. Like, it wasn't even bad. It was weird. It was yeah. Like not recognizably human is the thing. 
Yeah, it was... It wasn't a bad acting job. It was just a fucking... Like, that had it. to be one of the producer's kids. There's For just real. no... They had to find a French kid or, or a kid with a horrible accent. and. Yeah, I mean, I just... I, I'm, I'm thinking, like... They're doing a casting search for this, right? I mean, how do you... Ah, how do you... That's the kid who won out. That's the one who won. I mean, <laughs> what? And can we... And so you're talking about what you're talking about right now, in case people who have not seen this don't oh, know, yeah, is the longest flashback ever. <laughs> That occurs all while Van Damme is just looking at a sword. Yeah, he's staring at a sword for like 20 fucking minutes. I mean, and then they, so, okay. It would be one thing if they did the, you know, the wavy lines and like, okay, time for a flashback, which they did let you know that there's going to be a flashback coming. You know, you didn't know it was going to be 10 years long, but they interspersed that with like random cutbacks to Van Damme's continuing to stare at the sword. Yep, and he's he's just emoting heavily at the sword. Like we keep seeing how this is affecting him. Remembering all is, of this. is that you would call that emoting? I I, I mean, so I would call it an attempt at emoting. Oh my god, it was so. So he, here's what I thought was really funny too, is because they, so, uh, so they <laughs> they they cut back to him like every three minutes for the first nine minutes, right? So they cut back like three times. Yeah. And then just cut flashback for the next 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's just like, cut back. Okay, cut back. Okay, cut back. Now stop. We're just not going to do this anymore. We'll make you think that it's real time now. Um, <laughs> We're just back in... Well, actually, it kind of could be like in the present suddenly because suddenly he's an adult. That's what I mean. <laughs> and it can be, it's like, it can be a tiny bit confusing of, wait a second, this, is this, he's finally done looking at this sword and went to go see the guy he went to see? Because now they're talking. Right. Yeah, there's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I did know that it was uh, still a flashback, so I, you know, I can't completely dock them for that, but. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so anyway, then. I mean, it did crack me up when the the kid comes in and just like, just like fucking kicks him or punches him or whatever he does, and then calls him round eye. Yeah, that was weird, weird racism toward white people out of nowhere, which was I'm fine. It was strange. Were they trying to make us feel empathy for the guy that broke in? And then you know what's really weird is, I guess that he and the guy's kid. Who kicks him? They start training together, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the kid calls him round eye and he doesn't like him. But then what gets them to be close is the fact that Frank Ducks saves the kid while they're at school from some bullies. But if the kid is, like, way better at martial arts than Frank Dukes... I why know. I thought the same thing. Him? I'm like, why does he need to be sense. rescued? And then they have, you know, the, thank you for rescuing me, and they shake hands like they're completely... And then he fucking dies. Yeah, and then he's gone. That's enough. He's just dead. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, they skip ahead to being an adult, and suddenly he's dead. And they don't even explain how he died, I don't know. No, no explanation of how he died, just he's dead. And Tanaka's like, I will never teach anybody anything ever again. Fuck mm-hmm. away from me, white guy. And then, and then, you know, Jean-Claude and his 
epic charm convinces him to oh yeah to continue training him um his, some of his line readings here are just like shakespearean over here like this is Lawrence Olivier level well what i thought was really fascinating is that they they have these flashbacks and then there's a training montage that's in the flashback <laughs> that's how we learn about some of his signature moves in this in this training montage flashback yeah like like uh, doing things blindfolded and doing splits. These are these are really important things to establish that he can do. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I, I, did he have his blindfold on when he put his sweatpants on? By the way. I think so. He's like, this goes up over my belly button. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, and then. Well, and then he's sitting at the table, and then, you know, the the Tanaka there goes to hit him in the face, which, like, nice guy. I didn't know the training included fucking torture. And then he stops, he stops him, right? And then Tanaka's wife's like, oh, we are gonna bang. <laughs> yeah, she gives, she gives him, like, you know, some goo-goo eyes. Oh, my God. Oh, she's like, ooh. holy nope. shit, I am. You know, I love it when you beat up white guys. But she started she she pulled her chair in and you he heard squishing. Um, <laughs> What's up with that? No, but he's got uh, his uh, his method of wearing pants is is interesting. One, you, you make a good point. I don't know if it's a blindfold not being able to see exactly where the pants go so much as just his opinion about where pants go on one yeah, place. Is, it's uh, clearly that because I I noticed it later on in the movie and I do remark. I am going to remark upon it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've already discussed this, but I. <laughs> I did. I wrote this in my notes, um, and we're still in the flashback. <laughs> Although they haven't cut away to John Claude Van Damme's face randomly looking stoically forward at nothing for twenty minutes in a while. Got to be honest, I miss it. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I don't know if it's an improvement or not because you, I think it did at least serve to break up some of this this flashback. Going back to him staring at the sword or whatever, um, it, was, it really it feels very interminable. But by, by the end of this, it's like well, this is like a huge portion of the movie so far. Actually, it's the most of the movie so far. Yeah, it is the then, it is most of the movie. I'm like, is this? Are we still doing this? And then it's a really big portion of the movie overall that isn't fighting. If you just go by like non-fighting scenes, that flashback is like. Although there's fighting in the flashback, but it's not the kumite. So then they go, he goes to Hong Kong, mm -hmm. and he's on a bus, and uh, Ray Jackson gets on the bus and, like, awkwardly hits on this chick in front of him yeah. and then puts his feet over the seat next to her. And I'm thinking, oh, oh. I, I literally thought, I'm like, oh, I guess we've met the bad guy. Yeah, right? he seems like he's the bad guy at that point. And it doesn't help that he's Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, um, he hates nerds, man. He's the one who shouts nerds. So, so um, yeah, I was sort of shocked. that I real. I think I, what I realized as we went on was that was supposed to make him seem endearing. <laughs> or at least it was endearing to Mr. Dukes. I, I don't yeah. really... Yeah, I don't know. That scene really doesn't fit in because the rest of the stuff from Ogre is actually somewhat endearing, like not endearing, endearing, but it's it, it serves to make him somewhat. Likeable. He's likable. He's likable. 
But that first scene where he's harassing a woman, <laughs> and I, I, I was like, oh, Dukes is going to get up and like tell him to stop, right? And that, that's what uh, I thought. I was like, oh boy, here he comes. He's going to protect this lady, and so he's just like, ha, that guy's kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> he drinks in public and harasses women. I like. It. I think that's what we're going to be being. friends. Yeah, he's an American, you see. So obviously, he drinks cans of open cans of beer in public and yeah. hits on women. So the next time we see Van Damme, he uh, decides that he needs to have this cleavage be at his belt. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, either either his shirt is crazy it. low, or his pants are crazy high, or both. I think it's the pants actually. The, the shirt is pretty low because it's pretty low cut. Like kind of a U neck that goes down to down to the, like the middles of his pecs, but the, it's, it's the pants that really get me. It reminds me of the Borat bikini, the lime <laughs> green bikini. That's that's well, what he was wearing, I think. Well, actually, I kind of feel like it's one of those body suits that is like a you know like a one piece bathing suit to keep your shirt tucked in. Like if he was a woman, I would assume that that's what it was. But he right. seems because it's very head. tight and pulled way down. But maybe it isn't. Because dancers actually wear something that's a lot like that. It ends up being like a onesie because it literally snaps at your crotch. Right. And to keep your shirt tucked in. So maybe, but I mean, that's not a very cool and masculine look. And, and no. he would wear it over his blue bikini briefs. It would be. Or red. They're red. Sorry. Honestly, it wouldn't have even been that big of like a deal. Not that it's a bit, I don't give a shit what you wear, but, but like. <laughs> If his pants weren't up to his fucking nipples, then I don't know that I would notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Just, and, and then he takes off his jacket, and it's like, okay, it's, I mean, because your shirt looked really tucked in before, and then you're standing here in just your shirt and your pants, and uh, wow, it's really, really high. Um, so. <laughs> we have a line. I didn't even remember what happened in it. I just wrote it down because I was just like, what? Somebody says that he makes chicks with bricks. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, I rewound it, turned on the, the subtitles, and played it again because I was like, I must have heard that wrong. <laughs> Nope. Yeah, um, that was one of the, uh, I don't know, is he a Sally Prince? I don't know what he is, but that's one of his buddies when he's, uh, when they're trying to, you know, kidnap and rape that reporter. Um, they call Frank Dukes the guy who makes chicks with bricks. And I, I don't know what really that's supposed to mean. I I, I Does that mean like he has sex life. with bricks? I, I guess, because you'd think it would be like chicks with dicks, but it's chicks with bricks, and he makes them. Like, he makes them. He makes. He, he, he like, manufactures, he them, manufactures so chicks out of bricks. Can we talk about? So he's doing. He's meditating before mm-hmm. this the first kumite thing, and he's fucking drenched. He is drenched. What, yeah. Why? Why is he so wet? It for sexiness, like a little. But how are you not quite like getting that? I mean, which is sexier, meditating? while dry or meditating while drenched really just it's common sense yeah it's a good point it's a good point and then you know one of my favorite parts of the first 50 minutes of this movie is uh you had a favorite part in the first 50 minutes oh yeah yeah it's when ray jackson says 
<laughs> it's when Ray Jackson says, that's why they call it blood sport, kid. <laughs> and I like I like that he thinks that Frank Dukes thought it was like, you know, soft contact, no big deal until then. I know. Like, that's oh, that was that bleeding. <laughs> I was curious as I'm watching this, how many times do you think Dana White Dana White has seen this movie? <laughs> I bet this is his favorite freaking movie. I feel like they should have gotten a wrestler to play Ray Jackson's role. Well, you know, you know actually, I mean, good. I was just going to, it's funny you mentioned that because I was watching it thinking all of his moves are just pro wrestling, but, and it's yeah. not even like good pro wrestling. It's like, like riling up the crowd. That's one of his martial arts moves. Exactly. I, so, I legitimately was like, you know, I think that if they had gotten like a Hulk Hogan or a, they would have been probably better in this role. Yeah, most likely. I mean, he was like one step away from doing the that ear, you know, like uh, winding up to like hearing people move that, that Hulk Hogan used to do. That's funny. And and then actually, wait, hold on. Is it Chung Lee or Ray Jackson who does like literally points to one or the other and it's like, I'm going to break you. He, he does the. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the, he, uh, he points to Chung Lee and he's like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and like he, he's one step away from like you know signaling that he's got the belt like with the discount double check. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like so, I mean, and like he he even does the hold on to the guy's head and overhand fist, like with the top of his fist. Yeah. What are, oh what do they call that? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, it's the classic Randy Savage move. Um. But I actually was thinking, I, this is what I thought of just now. I was like, who better than Ultimate Warrior in that role? Oh, my God. Actually, Randy Savage would have been a lot of fun, too. Yeah, but. actually, he would have been. He would have. <laughs> you like this game, kid? <laughs> who you? Sport. That's why they call it blood sport. <laughs> wow, you did, you did that better than me, actually. I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> and you could do a cross a cross tie-in with Slim Jims, which would be delicious. Blood sport brand Slim Jim. Does, that, that exist That's what he would say right after. He's like, I'm going to kill you. Snap and then he would Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. He'd snap right into it, and it would make the really exaggerated snap noise. And yeah. that's more terrifying. And, and then really. Chung Lee would have just fainted. He would have been like, fuck it, I'm out. End of movie. He beat me with a Slim Jim. And Jean-Claude's like, but wait. 45 no. minutes of this movie. Um, so I will say, Chong Lee is freaking jacked. That guy yeah. uh, is crazy. And I when we, I was like, oh, I guess we've met the bad guy now. Yeah, now he's met the bad guy. There's no it's doubt that he is the bad guy. Yeah, it's sexual harassment that makes you the bad guy. It's having giant pecs. No, that's endearing. That's meant to be endearing. I, I just, I couldn't help but laugh that they had the guy randomly steal the gold tooth. Like, <laughs> why? That was, I didn't even realize it was a tooth at first. I was like, just is that just garbage? Like, I don't understand what's... <laughs> so I'm, was... I'm just getting word... No, you go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm getting word from my research department about uh, Chung Lee, also known as Bolo Young, born in China, blah, 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 began his martial arts career. Took an interest in bodybuilding early on, became known as the Chinese Hercules, and then became Mr. Hong Kong Bodybuilding Champion, whatever that is, and held the title for 10 years. Wow. I mean, the bodybuilding is sort of like, well, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, he looked like a badass, and there's no denying it. Very distinct, very distinct upper body. You know what I mean? Because he's not just yeah. muscular. He's got like it's a really like well-defined pectoral pectoral area. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to fight him. And at that time, like you know, like Arnold had a very pectoral area too. But I don't know. It makes a striking bad guy, in my opinion. Yeah, no, he, he no, yeah, I agree. I mean, like, like all the other guys are tough looking, but he comes over and it's like, all right, I don't, you, you're, you're, you got. Oh, I see why he was the winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he picked guys up and threw them away. Although Ray Jackson does that, he's literally <laughs> got to pick a guy up and throw him move, which is. I will say, record. I felt like Chong Lee could have had much better martial arts. Uh, he could have shown better. In my opinion, it was mostly just him just kind of, I don't know. I just felt like they wasted his martial arts talent. Yeah, he doesn't do so much martial arts as uh, a lot of lumbering around the ring, a lot of yeah, a lot of riling up the crowd again. A little, exactly. A little, exactly. A he's like a, he's a bad guy wrestler. That's yeah. basically what he was. Um, I, I also, we get to like a slow-mo kick, you know? Mm-hmm. I, they just randomly threw in a slow-mo thing and it just like clearly doesn't land. It's a very obvious that it misses him. And then he yeah. turns in the wrong direction and falls. Like, <laughs> that was, that was definitely noted by my research department as well. They, uh, they, they took down some notes and were like, okay, so we, 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 we watched the instant replay and like, and like you say, it doesn't hit him and he starts to maybe fall in the right direction and then goes in completely. Like he winds up into the right direction right. and then like yeah and then like spins like a top yeah yeah i'm not really sure what that was that what was that was big, was the excellent jean-claude van damme editing that really was i mean he's the one who made this movie work because i mean that's not a I, that's not a uh that's not a typical um what the fuck is his name the actual director newt newt arnold that's not a Newt Arnold move right there. I know Newt Arnold's editing, and that's not that. That's that's John Claude Van Damme from top to bottom right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, and now, so then we finally we get to really see Van Damme. Uh, yeah. And man, he does have some amazing kicking ability. I, yeah. It was incredible. He's so like polished and controlled. So yeah. I really enjoyed watching Van Damme do his show off his martial arts skills. And, you know, just at the beginning when he uh, is kicking um, the freaking speed bag. Yeah. Like, I can't even punch a speed bag all that well. And he's kicking it. So that was impressive. Like, you can tell he's a real, you can tell both from his martial arts and his acting that he's a real martial artist. (laughs) Yeah. I, I also, okay, so we've, I know we've already met these guys in the movie, but uh, this is the first time I decided that I'm going to talk about them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The random agents from America, played yeah. by Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. What? Um, Go on to win an Oscar. Start yeah, off. that's Oscar. a best actor in this movie. Yeah. Um, One of several. So, the, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they're at this restaurant, and then the like some throwaway joke from the the main Hong Kong police captain or whatever. And he's like, I don't eat here. Yeah. And then they threw the food down and the dog won't eat it. I'm like, yeah, so I guess the food was bad. What, like, what was the great joke guys? I mean, I, 
Why was that no, left in there? No taste in Chinese food. So then they finally these the agents finally catch up to uh, to Frank, um, and you know, and Ray is not happy about these guys interrupting their time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Forrest Whitaker then threatens Ray, and I was not sure what he said at first, mm-hmm. um, because what I thought he said was, "Do you want to shit farts?" Oh, <laughs> well, he did. And. So I, once again, I I rewound it a little bit and turned on subtitles because I was like, well, no, actually, I rewound it a couple times and listened to it, and I was like, he's definitely saying farts. Like, you're going to shit farts? Because that sounds, like, better, right? <laughs> like, if I'm going to shit myself through just methane uh, gas, then great. Um, That's the way to do it. So then I turn on the subtitles, and it turns out he says, do you want to shit Sparks? Which, okay, that's a, I get that one. That's a good one. No, no, headcanon, do you want to shit Farts? <laughs> which, which, frankly, I think we all do. And I think, I think that should lead off the show. I think we should find the clip somehow of this guy shitting Farts. So we'll ask the viewer, the, the listener, every, every time we start an episode, do you want to shit Farts? Listen to the rank. It's the only only surefire way to shit farts. Oh, you know, I meant to tell you in my potent notable, actually, that uh, the, so there was like, Frank Dukes actually worked, he he like told this story to somebody. Uh And so this guy actually gave the premise to Cannon. Uh, Uh It was John Long, but he pitched it on the top of the mountains. So. He was like, what if there was a kumite on top of a mountain and they have to climb up there to get there? You mean like it's like they're visiting the wise man on top of the mountain and they need Sherpas? No, no, no. They just climb up with like ropes and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and and of course, this movie came out before Cliffhanger. So really, this was the movie Mm -hmm. that they used to say, see, Carol Co., this was already uh, an idea. So, we have Cannon and we have Carol. Actually, Carol Co. made some big movies. I guess Cannon made some big movies, actually, too. But um, these are some these are some great, uh, oh, great production companies. We the got 80s were good with production companies. So, okay, now we have an amazing chase scene. But I'm going to leave that for our chase slash fight scenes. Because <laughs> it needs to be discussed in detail. White knuckle. Yeah. Had, I was never... On, it, had yeah, me on the, it had me on the top of my seat. I remained <laughs> sitting in the exact same position. <laughs> on top of my seat. Um, and then we, you know, cut to uh, his date with the reporter later, which obviously is going well. Um, and, you know, she's like basically saying that she's going to fuck him for the story. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, JCVD is like, uh, what do you want from me? Like, I feel like it's she's made it pretty clear at this point, it, Frank. Like, what do you, what do you mean? What she, times. <laughs> he doesn't know. Did uh, you get me into the comité? What do you want? I'd like to get into the comité. What do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll fuck you if you get me into the comité. What do you want from me? Tell me. These women playing mind games always. I know. Poor, uh, poor guy. You yeah. know what I like about this this dinner that you you said it's going well. Obviously, when I noticed right at that dinner 
if you if you pay attention, every time we skip to like like we jump ahead, cut to characters sitting down having dinner, whatever. Uh huh. They're never talking. We don't ever get them in the middle of a conversation. They're That's always fascinating. Like, That's like never the case. Yeah, they're like always just quiet, and then usually something happens. Like they've been sitting silently. Like these two, like in that dinner. They're just sitting there, and then they clink wine glasses, and then are continue to be silent for like five seconds before they start talking. And when the agents first get to show up and try to like, and Ogre tackles them, um, they're sitting there silently drinking their beer or whatever. Again, silently. And it's like, could they not come up with like these guys were co- incapable apparently of um, ad libbing or even saying. You know, avocado, avocado, or whatever you say to make it look like you're saying a word. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> look, you know, there's no denying the filmmaking on this is amazing. Mm. I did not notice that though. That's a really fascinating detail. But yeah, I kept uh, thinking noticed. like, huh, you know, because it, it seems a lot like even the guys who can speak English. It seems like they don't necessarily speak all that great English all the time in this movie. Like with a uh, um, dubbed over. Guy speaking English. <laughs> so, oh man, I kept thinking that Jean Claude Van Damme was like saying his lines phonetically, like he didn't know what any of them meant, and he just memorized the sounds, which is how <laughs> I think Arnold did a couple of his first movies, like Hercules Goes Bananas. Um, and like I'm kind of not totally convinced that isn't the case. It's so so unnatural. So maybe that's why he couldn't ad lib anything because they didn't give him the English words. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't think that's actually it, but, you know, it's probably it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to give him that much credit. Um, <laughs> so I, I thought it was, you know, obviously they have, you know, they make sweet, sweet love. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we and don't see that happen, which, you know, good for an 80s movie to not actually show any nudity. I was sort of surprised by that. Um, have no nudity. You need a little bit, a little bit of a little something. Oh, that's true. That I wrote that down. Yeah, because I thought I thought it was funny because she did the classic actress thing where she lifts yeah. the sheet sheets up over her exposed breasts, right? Uh-huh. Except they weren't exposed, so it was yeah, odd that she felt well. the need to do that. Yeah, and then so you're like, oh, I think maybe we're gonna see something here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then it turns, and there's JCVD's glorious booty. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is one of those movies where if you used to watch old, like, Cinemax or HBO, especially Cinemax, mm-hmm. and, like, a movie comes on and you're a kid, I don't know, 13, and uh, you see what's in the movie and it's like, oh, wait, this is movies rated R with brief nudity, BN. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Brief nudity. And you get all excited and you watch the whole goddamn movie and it just turns out to be Jean-Claude Van Damme's butt. For, like, two seconds. For, yeah, for, you know, not even, like, great views of the butt. And like he's putting on these, these like bikini underwear, like so I know, I know. weirdly suggestively. I don't know. It's like I, you think you think he was trying to get someone to continue. Like he didn't get his, you know. Like yeah. she came too quick, and and he was like, "Well, don't you still want a little bit of his ass?" Like, <laughs> come on, just like come on, it's a little bit. But I will like say though, guy. you know, way to flip the 1980 script for real sport, by showing a male butt instead of a couple breasts because I would say pretty much every movie that was rated R from 1981 to 1993 had at least one titty in it. 
it, it was like how the how humans have like an average of one point three arms or something like that. Right, right. He's tended to have an average of one to two breasts. I also like that Total Recall really threw that 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 average off. By the way, <laughs> really statisticians. I, I look forward to ranking that one. That was a great one. I actually we won't rank Total Recall right now, but I look forward to it. Too. And not just because of the three the three boobs. Oh, that's the only reason for me. Um, not not really. <laughs> so <laughs> I, just, I also I also liked that like so he puts on his underwear and then he's like I can't give you anything about the kumite and she's like that's okay and I'm like oh he fucks so good she doesn't care about the story anymore. <laughs> she's like I'm going back to the U.S. I'm not getting any better dick than that in Hong Kong. She's like willing to sleep with this guy to get the story. And then she does, and she's like, I don't care about the story anymore. Now yeah, I've got this dick. They went to bed, apparently, with this understanding he would get her into the committee, and then he's like, oh, by the way, I can't, so bye. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. And I was just thinking after this part, I'm like, man, Frank Dukes must have just loved this movie. Yeah, for real. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, I'm so awesome. <laughs> they made me even cooler than my own lies do. <laughs> I never and, thought to include my butt looking that good. <laughs> and then she ends up in the kumite and with like the most 80s hairstyle ever. Like how much hairspray do you think they needed to keep all that of it. up? Yeah, they, all of it. That they, ever existed. That briefly. It was like Every a, aerosol that's deep. ever been in the ozone is from this movie. For real. And, you know, we could have just skipped this entire subplot about them having that date and, and doing it. Because apparently she's just going to get in anyway. Well, but they had to develop the love interest, right? Because, I mean, she gets super invested really quick. <laughs> Did they have to, inv- inv- you know, do this love interest, though? Was it really something that had to be done? Yeah, obviously. Okay, okay. Okay. This movie didn't do anything that it didn't need to do. So <laughs> You're right. It's, it's an exercise in cutting everything that is not essential. Yeah. So then we get to see how how evil Chong Lee is um, over and over again. But I will say the leg break that he does is brutal. That's ugh, yeah, you know brutal. that was cool, and it was cool, and he didn't murder anyone, so I like that. Yeah, because I, I get the murdering the one guy when they said oh he murdered someone last year, then it's yeah. like an accident, whatever, and then he just murders like practically murders two more people, murders at least one more guy. Yeah, and almost murders ogre so i actually kind of would have preferred that it was just like the leg break because that's brutal enough yeah yeah they did i mean i understood why they had to make him do terrible stuff to ray right like that was the uh you know you had to make frank mad um because apparently winning the tournament wasn't enough of a motivation for papa tanaka yeah Okay, yeah. Um, I want to give props to Jean Claude because I mm-hmm. mean, every time he's fighting, I'm like, this is really good. I mean, that's the highlight of the movie. Is the high kick light? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the high kick light. He kicks very high. He does. I I also noted that Chong Lee's showboating is out of a bad WWE event. For real. I mean, it's like pretty bad. I, I couldn't get over how pathologically he needed that that cheering from the crowd. You could have like a really interesting backstory, maybe not a backstory, 
but a really interesting examination of this narcissistic personality disorder he has where if the tr crowd isn't cheering his name he like he can't like sleep at night practically so yeah well i mean i i will say that he did stick to that choice uh -huh. for his character so i'll yeah. give him that um and then uh you know i wrote before the ray jackson i'm like well i guess this is where ray jackson dies so that frank yeah. can avenge him mm. um can't kill off Obi though but i really thought that i thought they killed him i was like wow <laughs> this is a very dramatic kill scene i actually wrote the most dramatic kill scene ever lol um <laughs> that's how dramatic and then my next note is oh damn i guess he's alive <laughs> yeah i'm not even sure what he did to it i think he stepped on his nose yeah, I don't really understand what happened it's there. It's like a slight Mr. Miyagi maneuver where it was like, I'm going to kill him. And, he, and then those. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is where we see just how invested, uh, I don't even know her fucking name. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But we see how invested she is. She's like, I can't watch you get hurt. And then Jean-Claude. I know. I know. And then Jean-Claude, then don't watch. Mm -hmm. You know, actually, you gotta you gotta agree with Jean Claude there because he didn't ask her to go. Right. She was the one insisting on going. And he's like, oh, her name's Janice. Oh, her name's Janice. Okay. Yeah. How did she just suddenly get the cops like on her? Like, I get, I guess they were looking for him, but like the Hong Kong police didn't care. Like, I know. How did she, how did she get them to care suddenly? Like, oh. Well, she goes was, there and, and tells them that she doesn't want him to get hurt. So. She 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 really this is some emotional pleading. My research department postulates that she uh, utilized the same method she did to get into the Kumite, which is I think just leveraging some of yeah. her best assets. Yeah, blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's her best assets. All right, I recognize it. <laughs> um, yeah. Also. So she's super invested, but also like the valet that they have for them is like oh, super yeah. invested in Frank becoming the first Westerner to win. Yeah. He's like, I'm Asian, but I really would rather have you win. Yeah, he because at first he's just wants he wants to make sure they show up. Like right. I get that that's his job, but then he like really likes Frank. Yeah, despite the fact that they barely talk. <laughs> I yeah I. There's so little charm happening from Frank that it's like, I, I don't buy that he has been able to win anybody over. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe Ogre, because like, Ogre is a simple man, and he has simple pleasures, which include playing video games, and that is enough to bond. <laughs> Everyone else, though, I don't know. It's he's uh, He's a bit wooden. So then we have some deep thought as we take the bus ride back to the yes. hotel i mean as well as so much to think about on this bus ride and then what was that chong lee <laughs> oh just some other guy it was just another different asian guy <laughs> racist much frank frank dukes yeah any asian guy on, hong, on a hong kong bus has got to be chong lee yeah he's a real piece of garbage this frank dukes I keep wanting to call him Frank Ducks, and I know this. There's even a line in the movie about how he's not Frank Ducks, but I was uh, I was counting his splits this whole time, as I talked about earlier, because um, yeah. you know says he did it seven times, What's and I number? and so then I saw six. I saw six before the final showdown. Yeah, 
so I don't know. Is the seventh one? Well, I, I don't. Is the seventh one when he's doing like like kicks in the air? I I don't I really. No I don't understand where the seventh one is because he does it twice. Because so then it's like, well, was it eight? Um, <laughs> and inexplicably now, um, that he's coming down Kowloon Walled Walled City, whatever, you know. He's walking down the little narrow narrow passageway, and uh, the Hong Kong police are like, "We're gonna get him!" And so their best effort <laughs> is to have one guy jump out at a time, twice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's standard operating procedure for the Hong Kong police. Yep. Yeah, the mafia really did well there. Um, and so now after this happens. The American agents are just led into the Kumite, and amazingly, <laughs> there's four front row seats just, <laughs> just right all there. ready to go for these guys. Yep. And she's just like, oh, Janice is like, oh, look, right here, he can sit here next to me. We'll, yeah, she's all, we'll cheer she's him all on. Upset. She wants to stop the whole thing, but then she's like, I'll watch. Yeah, front row oh, seats too. Like I yeah. want to be hit with the blood. Yeah, um, just right in the splash zone. <laughs> and. I will say that this movie throughout does a very good job of showing just how ripped Jean-Claude Van Damme is. I mean, dude is legitimately ripped. I'll, I'm I'll pretty give sure some credit. Like, I yeah. pitched it. They were like, Jean-Claude Van Damme is ripped. So I wrote this down, and I'm so curious what you're going to say when I say this. So I wrote, Chong Lee is a bad guy wrestler. He is more cartoonish than Lithgow as Eric Quaylen. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I mean, Wiley Coyote isn't more cartoonish than John Lithgow, is Eric Quaylen? But Chong Lee, I will agree, is just exactly a, a, a bad guy wrestler. Yeah. So, I mean, even from the riling up the crowd to the punching guys, and I mean, he didn't gorilla press anyone into a stalactite, but he may as well have tried. I also I love that they you know they did that close up on the stuff in the pill down his pants. I'm like, wow, yeah. we, okay. Obviously, this is going to come in later, but what a random <laughs> pill! How is a pill going to help you? This isn't just nothing, but at the same time, what is it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I love that Van Damme ends up using the ref as like a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like that should be allowed. I understand. And he's protecting the ref, but he also uses him as a platform to spring off of. Yeah, it didn't seem right. But I will oh, say, this is true martial arts. I mean, yeah. true martial arts. I, I hope uh, your research department can hear me. True yeah. martial arts, because in true martial arts, there's no blocking at all. None. <laughs> Just every kick and punch lands. 100% offense. That's the rule. You walk into a martial arts dojo, and they tell you, hey, offense. All offense, all the time. First person who blocks is out of here. <laughs> I just, I love the idea that Chong Lee is the champion, but he would let Frank Dukes, sorry, just slap him back and forth with his foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like the most ridiculous thing ever. Slap, 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 slap. Well, he's stunned at that point because of the sl the foot is very is oh, his kicking is very energetic. He's like the guy that lays down on the mat and waits for um, a flying elbow. 
Well, you know, that was fairly pro wrestlerish too, wasn't it? Because yeah. the entire time, like, you'd think that right after you blind the guy, you'd want to go get him. Not yeah. let him sit there and yeah. recharge somehow. But, but, you know, he had to make sure it was working. I don't know if you yeah. could tell it was working because yeah. the acting was so subtle. Um, <laughs> I also, I mean, I, I was like, oh, okay, he's got the pill now. What's he going to do? Okay, he's breaking it. Okay, what's he? Oh, okay, he threw it in his face. Oh, I see. Okay, blindfold training. Got it. Yeah, the blindfold training. And by the way, pro wrestling, right back to it. Right, exactly. I don't um, know if you remember Mr. Fuji always handing his. Always had the sand to throw in people's eyes. It was, it was sand, usually. I don't really know exactly how you get sand in there. But, yeah. Uh, I thought when he took out the pill and smashed it up, I was like, oh, is he going to, like, snort it? Is he going to yeah. get all, like, hyped up, you know? That's what we wondered here, too. Is it, like, his cocaine that he has for re refreshing himself? Hold on. Yeah. Need, a little, need a little sniff. All right, I'm back. <laughs> and, like, it seems to possibly be in the rules because nobody cared that he threw, you know, dust in his eyes, whatever that was. Yeah, that was... So what I thought the what I thought to myself when he started putting it in his pants is that's not how Viagra works. It's not topical. <laughs> it's not topical. Yeah, uh, it's not. You don't apply directly. But uh, he was thinking about home. later on with Janice after uh, after it was yeah. over. Yeah, he was like, "I'm gonna win her from Prince Hussein." Um, <laughs> at that point, though, what's with the ring? Did you notice the ring is suddenly weird? No. Oh yeah, yeah. It, the way that the big, sides were up on the yeah, well, yeah I was like inclined, like to a to, to a degree. Like I don't know. There's like a central point, and it's like a big Z. I don't. What the hell was that? Well, that's because Frank Duke said this is how it was in the final match. Oh, and they just believed every fucking word out of his mouth. Yeah. Well, I actually, I mean, I'm making that up, but uh, <laughs> apparently he was the fight choreographer for this whole thing okay. too. By the way. He's like, all right, at this point, you got to break the ring so it's like a big V. Yeah. That's how it was in Hong Kong. I didn't really understand what that was. It was just completely random, and the ring was broken? I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't really understand it either. Or they kept um, calling it a runway, which I also thought was fun. They were like, oh, on the runway. And I was like, ooh, shake your stuff on the runway, boys. I will say, though, I, w I was convinced that he really was blind. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme was just blind from that point on in his life. That's Yeah. It's, it was so good. I was yeah, he really drew me in with it. Um also can we talk about his four jumping spin kicks in a row? Yeah. That yeah. Chung Lee just or Chong Lee just never saw coming. Yeah, yeah. Well sometimes the least expected thing is the most expected thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Sure. He's playing yeah. 90 chess over here, and you're over there stuck in yeah, one dimension. I'm, yep, I'm just... So, then we get to the end of the movie. Uh, I'm, I know we usually don't talk about the final showdown in the, in the breakdown of the movie, but <clears throat> who gives a shit with this one? <laughs> um, so, uh, the kiss from Jean-Claude Van Damme to, like, the cheek of Ray Jackson there, and... Mm -hmm. um, Janice is looking on so admiringly. I was like, I was half convinced that she was about to be like, Eiffel Tower, anybody? <laughs> no. 
I thought she was excited because she thought that Frank and Ray were going to run off together and she was going to be rid of him. <laughs> All right. So now it's time to rank. Let's do some ranking. So this is the ranking, um, and we're rank, we, we rank all of our movies uh, on, with 10 categories on a 1 to 5 scale, 1 being the worst, 5 being the best. Um, the 10 categories are story, acting, originality, action sequences, chase-slash-fight sequences, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal-slash-hatred, supporting characters appeal, and the final showdown, which is the hero versus the villain. Yes. Um, okay, so I believe it's my turn to start. So, for story, <laughs> I actually gave it a three. You gave it a three? Because so unlike the rest of this movie, yeah, the story wasn't terrible. Okay, okay. I mean, it's sort of a generic tournament story, right? Um, but the Kumite stuff was kind of unique, having the you know the secret thing, and it did spawn like a whole genre of uh, fighting style movies and video games. So, you know, I guess there's something there. <laughs> You're so positive. I love it. Um, <laughs> I agree 100. percent I would say three. I think it's fine. You know. <laughs> you pitch you pitch me a movie of all right, there's like a fighting tournament or whatever, and I go, All right, yeah. that's about what I want to Yeah, I maybe, mean maybe it should be a little lower, but I, I like three for that one. I think it's fine. Yeah, I mean it's you know, it's if you're taking it just as a story and you take you know, the acting out of it. You take every other facet of movie making out of this. Exactly. Then you say, Okay, there's a decent story. Yeah. Um Okay, so acting, and you get to go for this one. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I, I gave it a two point five. What the? F oh my god! All right, I want to hear this. No, I, I feel like I shouldn't give it lower now. <laughs> I think of it, you say it out loud, it just really it gets gas, and you go, oh, "Wait, no, that was a bit high." But I think it's that most of the acting that was called for from these actors was martial arts. Now, um, and I think they did that pretty well, I think. Yeah, Ray because Jackson they, did some good martial arts, huh? <laughs> no, he did. He was the actor. He was bringing the acting chops. <clears throat> ah, I see. That's what was, brought it up to the 2.5. Okay. Yeah. No, because, you know, I saw a movie <laughs> once. It was called North Shore. It um, is about a surfing... It's actually this movie except with surfing, essentially. Okay. <laughs> Um, in just that, in like every guy goes to place to compete in the tournament movie is exactly the same. Right. And I remember watching it and thinking the acting in this movie is so bad, but the surfing scenes are pretty darn good. And I looked it up. It turns out they cast all actual professional surfers, and these guys obviously couldn't act. So same thing. Is it better to cast actors and have them do shitty martial arts, or would you rather have martial artists who do some shitty acting? I think the martial arts are much more important in this movie. The martial arts acting is pretty good for the most part, except for some like obviously missed kicks and stuff that they ended up having. That was kind of there were some points where it's like, all right, you could have just done that one again, I think. But uh, I think it, uh, I think I think they served their what they were asked to do. They uh, had to be convincing martial artists, and I think they all did it. And you know, 
the monkey guy. He was a convincing monkey. <laughs> oh God. So, okay. So I I I see your point. <laughs> I I take it you you gave it a little lower. I will counterpoint. Um, okay. Okay. So my counterpoint is that uh, none of the martial artists acted. <laughs> I mean, what martial artist had a line besides Chong Lee, and he was actually like uh, an actor. Um, so based on that, I gave it a point five, and uh, probably should have gone zero, but. Um, I just I, I I feel too bad to give it a zero. Uh, so there were, there were human beings who at least attempted to act. They get some kind of credit. <laughs> exactly. It was not just like inanimate objects the entire movie, and there was no lines. But um, no, I think that that's by far the lowest rank, ranking either of us have given anything. And wait, hold on, did I give John Lithgow? You gave you gave him a one. <laughs> So I think I actually John, didn't even realize that that I had given the lowest ranking so far. <laughs> so I liked John Lithgow's performance in Cliffhanger twice as much as you liked the entire acting of all actors in Bloodsport. That and uh, actually, when you say I, it out loud like that, it, I feel more <laughs> conviction. So I'm doubling down. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking of having my score in fact. I was, I was just going to say that. I was like, maybe I should bring it down to 0.25. <laughs> I've only convinced you further. <laughs> um, I, I thought they were okay. <laughs> I thought that they were okay. Oh, I, I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> so the next... Oh, I guess 5 is actually not fair because... We said that it would be a one to five, so I'm gonna give them a one. You know, I was actually wondering if I could go back and 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 change change my villain score for Cliffhanger if I'm allowed to give under one. But we, <laughs> if you want to keep it at one point five, that's no, if, no, point five be warranted. It might be now. <laughs> well, no, I you know one being the lowest, five being the best. Okay. That's how it should stay, right? So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna change it to a one. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> which is funny because I didn't want to give him a zero because I thought it was too low, and now that I've realized that one is the lowest, I'm like fuck it, I'll give him the lowest. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so for originality, I gave it a two. Uh, uh-huh. So like the story. It's a very fairly generic tournament sports movie, uh, but the Kumite aspect is unique, um, and it spawned copycats in Mortal Kombat. But you know, essentially, it is just basically a hardcore karate kid. True, true. So, what uh, what say you? I gave it a, I gave it a two as well for pretty much exactly that reason. We can probably just move on, so I'm not just repeating it. Okay. I would have. I would have. No, actually, I would have thought maybe higher, but um, the dragon on that pretty similar, and it even has it even has several of the same actors in it. So uh, maybe a little less on the originality than I may have. I will say I like the setting of. Um, maybe that's not story originality exactly, but I feel like Kowloon Walled City is a good. An interesting setting. They maybe could have done more with that even, because I can imagine that place getting really, really bad really fast. 
Yeah, but, I forgot to mention that in the potent notables that it was a uh, <clears throat> it was the last movie that was filmed in in there before it was destroyed. Yeah, it was it was a pretty gnarly slum. I, I, you know, there's some interesting writing online about it. If anyone's interested, I don't remember the exact like population density, but it was an absurd number of people crammed into like a couple of square blocks. You know, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Um, well, so the next, uh, category is action sequences. So I'll let you, uh, go first. Well, given that this isn't fights, just action sequences. Right. Um, I, I guess it deserves a pretty darn low score. Right. Or. So, okay. This is worth discussing before we say our scores. Yeah. Um, so because of this particular thing. I, well, you know what? I'll just tell you what I gave it um, mm-hmm. and, and my explanation because it might, you know, I don't know, help you. I gave it a two and a half. Okay. And the reason I gave it a two and a half is because it doesn't have action sequences, you know, that's not, it, it has fight scenes and it has one chase scene. Um, <laughs> it has one pause chase scene. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So there's not really any action sequences, right? So I feel like the best thing to do in a situation where it doesn't have something, in all fairness, is just to give it the average score. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, I, it seems unfair to uh, tear a ranking down, even though on this movie it really shouldn't matter. But I felt like moving forward, you know, if we watch a movie that doesn't have one of you know, one of these categories, then it shouldn't necessarily, you know, kill their score. That's fair. Um, I, I would have, you said, I would have said about two, two and a, a 2.25 maybe. Um, so I, I think I'll, I'll move it up a little bit to 2.25 because not deciding to like have no action whatsoever, really. I mean, because yeah. like, wait, actually, you know, it has action. It just doesn't have action sequences the way we've defined it. I guess, but they could have done a little bit more with like the cops trying to bring him in because yeah. they have. I get. I don't know if guns were allowed in Hong Kong at the time, but they have these weird remote control taser things. I don't really know what the hell those were, and um, they brandished them really dumbly, like, like, like I, I don't know if they weren't taught how to hold them or what. And then there's the stupid he uh, deflects the, the the them with a can with a garbage can lid like so that was an attempted action that was not great that's true so, that's true the, so that, i guess yeah i'll say 2.5 yeah i mean now i'm feeling like i should go low i mean you're not gonna it's not gonna take much to convince me to go lower but i'll <laughs> i'll leave it where i have it i'll go lower don't worry I'll, <laughs> how much lower can we go because i will go there um, so You said hold on, right? Oh, yeah, you go ahead, though. Well, I believe chase fight scene. Yeah, chase fight. So now on to chase slash fight scenes. And um, this is for me to go first. Yeah. And I gave it a three. Okay. So some of the fight scenes were pretty decent, especially the ones that, you know, Jean-Claude is in. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but all the ones with the main villain Chong Li <clears throat> weren't very good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't really understand why they did it that way. It seems to me that you could have really done something pretty good with him, but you just didn't. Uh, so I didn't really understand that. Um, and the chase scene, <laughs> I don't want to say it's terrible, mm. <laughs> which I, I think it's more just weird than terrible. <laughs> it's know? definitely got a weird tone to it because it's played kind of comedically. As a yeah, fact. he's like being like really playful with them, but we yeah, haven't established that he would be playful with them. So it's just really... <laughs> It's Bizarre. like a Bugs Bunny sequence suddenly in the movie where he's like ducking into and out of things like, woohoo, look at this me. Like, yeah. I was expecting strange. the Benny Hill song to come on, you know? <laughs> kind of. Or like Scooby-Doo, he goes in one door, like come out the other door. <laughs> exactly. He comes out a door, they're carrying him in their, in his, in their arms. You know? And they're like, huh, how'd you get here? And then yep. he jumps away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of the feeling of the chase scene. So it's, it is very definitely kind of strange, so. Yeah, very weird. So what did you uh, give Chase slash fight scenes? Chase slash fights, I, I gave it a 3.25. I uh, would have given it more if not for that weird chase scene, if it didn't exist at all, or if they just tried to make it a real chase scene. That might have been better. I really liked all the fights. I, I, I enjoy watching this movie because I like the fighting, and um, I like the soundtrack, and I like the fights that are that are set to that goofy song. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'd apologize for it, but I'm not going to. I, no, you I, shouldn't I, apologize for it. You're allowed to like what you like. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. I but, didn't uh, apologize to you for Cliffhanger, so. No, Cliffhanger was not that bad. <laughs> Literally the one aspect of Cliffhanger that I really hated. Yeah. Outside of that, it was there was all sorts of good stuff in Cliffhanger. This, I... I could watch those fight scenes with that soundtrack like for a while, you know, like I could, I could have that on the background and it would make me feel good. Well, you know, okay. So let me ask you this. Did you watch this when you were young? No, actually. Oh, okay. I was, so I was wondering if it was like nostalgia, like if it brought nostalgic feelings for you. It brings <clears throat> nostalgic feelings for me, but not because I saw it, but because it reminds me of, of it's just, it's exactly the move that if, if someone told you, "Oh, this is like a silly action fight movie from 1986," you would you would be like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's exactly what this is." I mean, up to it, including the goofy soundtrack. That right. I don't know if Stallone is on it, but he might as well be. I don't know. <laughs> um. By the way, why wasn't Ernie Reyes Jr. in this movie? No, I don't know. We actually mentioned that too. It seems like he would be a good fit. Yeah, missed opportunity there. Let's, let's get a time machine and go fix that. We'll make a movie about it. He probably read the script and was like, no, I'm not doing this. Um, no, thank you. I'm actually too good an actor to be in this. In some ways. <laughs> I'm, I'm convincing in the roles I have speaking in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, film coherence. This is mm -hmm. uh, you first. I thought the film coherence was fine, so I gave it a 2.75. Hmm. I can. <laughs> I, You're like we gave it a different score. Yeah, I I gave it a one and a half, um, because 
I don't know that there were any characters that were necessary besides some of the fighters, Chong Lee and uh, Frank Dukes. Really, just make this movie just Frank Li- for, uh, Chung Lee and Frank Dukes fighting once, and we can be done with it. Well, we don't need that. Pretty, you can have the tournament, you know. Okay, I get it. <laughs> but, but the American agents were superfluous. Uh, the reporter was superfluous. Um, what, what about the flashback and the, 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 the whatever family? <laughs> Tanaka family? Tanaka family. You know, I, 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 I can see why. Oh, my God. I can see why they had those characters in because... <laughs> You know, it gave him the reason to go to the Kumite at all. But, um, yeah, I mean, pretty much every other aspect of this is like, what the fuck are we doing? Um, So I didn't really feel like I I felt it was kind of jarring every time they switched scenes. Like, oh, we're 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 here now. We're here. Got it. So this 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 really echoes the sentiments. Well, my research department piped up a lot during the movie. Like, well, at least there isn't much much plot to, to waste anyone's time with. Because like they could have done a, like you know a lot more actual stuff happening in the movie. And it would be like, how can we wrap this up, guys? But uh, no, but don't you think it was it was coherent in continuing to be bad? It wasn't like. It didn't suddenly become a lot better or anything. So it, was it was coherently good. terrible. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was consistent. Didn't, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was consistent. Yeah. I don't know that it was coherent. Well, okay, we're going to have to agree, disagree on that one. Then. <laughs> uh, so let's go to Hero Appeal. Um, this, one's, this one's me. Okay. So I gave this one a 2.75, which is slightly above average. Yeah. Because, um, you know, Jean-Claude does have a certain charm and appeal that I can't deny he has. Um, But I, you know, I didn't really actively root for him. I mostly just waited for him to win, you know. It's like how you don't, it's like how sometimes you don't listen to people, you just wait for them to stop talking. Right, exactly, exactly. So that's that's more your your watching style when it comes to Jean-Claude. <laughs> okay. Okay, but I, I mean, I appreciated his ability when he was doing his fight scenes, you know? <laughs> so I will say this about Jean-Claude Van Damme's acting, he can kick so high. <laughs> I will give him that as far as his acting ability goes. I mean, I feel like he's had to have gotten better since then. I mean, it was his first movie, right? So, yeah, but he, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I don't so, know. But. Middle being two and a half. Um, it's actually funny here because I gave I gave this one a lower score than you because I only gave it a two. I'm shocked by that. Um, so shocked by that because well, I'll tell you, um, I didn't care for Frank Frank Duke so much. I thought he was likable in some ways. I liked that he was an honorable fighter. He protected the ref. I like that. He uh, bowed to his opponents. It showed that he had honor. Um, I didn't really like him, though. I actually liked Chong Lee a lot better and kind of wanted him to win. 
Oh, well, I guess let's head straight to villain appeal slash hatred, and that's your go. So let's hear what you got there. <laughs> I, I'm almost uh, afraid to tell you that it was a 3.75. Yeah, wow. Um, so I think Chong Lee is great. He's uh, he's like he's not quite Darth Vader level villain, but he's up there. And uh, I love, love, love the way that he points. I think it's just the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> so I mean, he could, I, it could just be him pointing, and I'd be like, this is a decent movie. So, well, I gave it a three. Okay. Okay. Not bad. I thought. Yeah, I mean, that's just under half. Yeah, so you know, I I think he genuinely didn't like him. You know, yeah. like yeah. I, I think that he uh, he was able to to make you not um, like him. I, so there's that. I think you need to stop talking about Blood <laughs> I think you you about <laughs> but you're starting to talk like John Claude Van Damme delivers lines. Uh, <laughs> um, so I I mean so I thought they did a better job of making me hate the villain than I than I thought they would. Um, okay. And I also thought they did a better job of making me hate Chong Lee than like Frank Dukes. That's <laughs> um, all, all fair. Yeah. So I think that. If he if he wasn't I, I would I think I would have been more uh there would have been more appeal for me with him if they had actually let him show off his fighting skills. Yeah, yeah. I get I get you there. All right, so let's move on to supporting characters. Um <laughs> so <laughs> I think you'll actually be surprised by my score here. Um I gave it a 2.25. Oh, wow. And I think it's because I just was starting to feel guilty about how much I hated it by the time I got here. Um, but <laughs> I I did enjoy Ray Jackson. Okay. I thought he was kind of a fun character that um, – what I so what I wrote was I enjoyed Ray Jackson, which saved this from being a one. Everyone else, I mean, I don't know what to say. I don't I didn't care about anybody. So, okay. So there you go. Okay. Well, I uh, I gave I gave it a two and a half because similar reason. I thought I thought he was fun. Um, I was surprised at the at the fact that I ended up liking him. You know, like again at the beginning, you think he's like oh, this this shithead. But yeah. Then he was actually fun and likable, and I liked their you know attaché or whatever the fuck he was. Who was showing them around Hong Kong? I don't know why I liked him, but I thought he was fun. And I guess that's actually it. But I, I like I like all of the fighters. Like I like, you know, like I don't know who they are. I don't know their names. That means they really did a great job appealing to you. They don't remember any of their names. Swan Parades. How about that? That's one of them. There you go. There you go. We have uh, somebody. Somebody Ip Mung. I know because we saw that and said, is it Ip Mom? No, it's Ip Mom. Um, there is Ricardo Mora, obviously, the, mon- the monkey. Um, I learned that outside of outside of it, though. And then there is, um, I don't know, some other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I'll tell you, the fight scenes are very good for me, so I enjoy I enjoy these guys' presence. Hey, I great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um <laughs> so now we're going to final showdown. Um, final showdown. And uh you get to start off here. I'm I'm actually I'm on the edge of my seat to hear what you're gonna <laughs> give this. <clears throat> so I gave it a four. Holy shit. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's a it's a really good fight. It moves me, man. Yeah. I mean, his, when he when he rallies out of the theater, remembers his blindness training. That's that's moving stuff, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you gave it less than a four. Surprisingly, I think you'll be real shocked by this. I uh, I think you need. To explain the four more than that, it was. <laughs> I'm not sure I do. It was great. It was a fantastic <laughs> final showdown. We really we built up to it. He was avenging Ogre. I mean, he had the. I mean, how great is that a villain to move? Not only did you like disable practically and almost kill the guy's buddy, but then you tie the stupid headband around your leg. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that was random. a great that was a great villain move. I, and I don't quite get why the leg is that a thing people do because he didn't wear it as his own headband and he didn't put it like on his arm the way like the Ultimate Warrior used to emphasize his, his biceps by putting by putting uh. So when he thing. did that, my expectation was that he was going to at some point knee him in the face with it. Yeah, yeah, that would that would have made it better. That would have been an easy easy four and a half. If that <laughs> four and a half, wow, <laughs> half a point for that. Okay. It's worth a lot to me. Knees to the face are important in my culture. Um, <laughs> but well, you know, it's it's moving, man. It's great. Um, the uh, the Viagra in the eyes, you know, crushed up, and I like I love that he doesn't because you can't carry around the uh, sand, right? So he's got it in solid form, and then it transforms it. That's great. Um, you know, it's a great fight. Uh, you know, using the ref as a, as a trampoline, that's great. Um, I forgot what else happened now, but I loved it. Okay, well, you know, um, I didn't. Um, <laughs> I, I gave it a two. Okay, uh, I thought you might give it lower. So I'm pleased. I, I didn't think it was completely terrible, um, but it, it lasted way too long. Um, and it just seemed like it was just them not blocking anything. Just like well, hit me here. Now you hit me. They're just hitting each other in the face, but back and forth. Well, yeah, until it's, a, it's a heavyweight battle. It's a it's a it's slugfest. You know what I mean? It's a puncher's you know something or other. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they Rocky, have like super Rocky strong Stewart. chins. Endless. Yeah, you know. It's, I'm I'm. You can't see me, but I'm doing like pretend. I'm doing like shadow boxing. Yeah. Like, which is you know. Yeah, really, and then. Really and then you had the crazy blinding thing, which honestly, the blinding thing—that's kind of a good villain move, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's like a classic wrestling trope. Um, and um, but his acting just kind of destroyed the <laughs> the interesting <laughs> twist. I I don't know. His acting was pretty good. I thought it was. Yeah. No. Bad. It was. Yeah, no, it was really, really bad. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You're you're underestimating the power of, of emotion. There, he's 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 into it. You know, I just it's like how 
it's like how wrestlers used to hype themselves back up, you know, like really energize, like, oh, I'm ready to go. And then you punch him in the face or whatever. And they, they don't even feel it. You know? Yeah. He hulked up. That's what it was. He was Ultimate Warriors grabbing the ropes, getting his powers from the parts unknown. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. So I'm glad you finally understand. You don't need to change your score. I understand. But yeah, you, uh, yeah. I'm glad you appreciate it. Oh, so I, yeah, I appreciated the movie um, for what it was. It was a, you know, it was a B movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was like a B plus, really, but um, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> B plus plus, maybe. <laughs> oh. So that wraps up the ranking of Bloodsport, which um, uh, you may not be surprised to hear our listener that it has ranked at the bottom um, oh. is officially the worst action movie so I guess far that probably tracks, though. yeah you know i think it's got some camp appeal um you know there's probably some nostalgia out there for some people but uh but yeah, yeah. it's uh it's below cliffhanger which makes me feel a little bit better for cliffhanger because i didn't think it was the worst <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, Cliffhanger being the absolute worst was like odd. You know, I know we hadn't done much at all, but it was like, that isn't the worst action movie in the world. So <laughs> I'm glad it's more middling now. So if you'd like to see our rankings as, as we do them, um, see where maybe your favorite movie, Bloodsport, is, <laughs> uh, is ranked, you can go to our website. It's therankwithjohnandzach.com. Um, and we'll have them up as we as we do them. But, um, yeah, if you've made it to the fourth episode, uh, thank you. And we're sorry, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, thanks for listening. Check, check us out next week when we're ranking the mummy, the 1999 film, uh, starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. Goodbye. And Joygin. We have more stuffed animals than most four-year-old men. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. <laughs>